The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. Dak Prescott, well, he'll be in the rehab group today. Um, you know, until he had a good visit with the doctor yesterday. So the next step is to get enough strength Um in the hand to, to throw the football. So uh, he will work exclusively uh, with Britt Brown today. All right, so that was head coach Mike McCarthy talking about Dak Prescott working with the rehab group, his hand strength, not gripping the ball quite well enough, y'all, to play in a game. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it looks like from here on out, I'm going to be missing Tuesdays and Thursdays. Just need a little break during the week as it relates to work but we are going to um, obviously have Haley here who's been doing an awesome job and you'll have yep. Kelsey on Thursday so plenty of girls uh, talk and boys talk so thank you for understanding that because I did have some some messages wondering if I was <laughs> going out I would never leave you girls I love doing the show it's a passion project of mine and really proud of the direction that it's been heading in so and it just shows so that sometimes everybody needs to take a break take a little mental break yes. take a day jane works her tail off oh, so I appreciate anytime that. we can have your back so you have your day off please Thanks, know Queen. that you're always here and we're ready to go well and i just also love football. having a bunch of voices i do have a voice as it relates to this uh this DAC situation <laughs> oh yeah you know i talked about this a couple of weeks ago how i thought it was a little bit premature and maybe a little disrespectful of Jerry to be putting out this four-game window timeline mm -hmm. uh, when we would expect him back, essentially saying Washington was a week that made sense, which is kind of crazy now, right? And, yeah. and when we talked to a lot of these surgeons who'd worked on these thumb fractures, even they said they wouldn't rush you back really for six weeks. So I think a lot of people are wondering, all right, well, is he going to play against the Eagles? And we know he's not playing this weekend on the road against the Rams, which is a good idea, particularly when you've got Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. And we'll get into Aaron Donald and the threat that he poses uh, here in a bit. But when I look at the Eagles game, I don't know if I think that that's the week either, particularly because if he's in the rehab group, just getting some work done, let's start tracking what we've seen from some of these other players. Tracking, right? Yeah. Oh, I was about to say, there it so is. We're tracking. Uh, Michael Gallup. He came back, it was two weeks of team drills. Mm -hmm. And still it was like, are you ready to go? Mentally not ready. And then he came back the following week, right? J-Rod Curse feels like it was a bit of a slow play. Jabril Cox has been a real slow play. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Schultz, a slow play. Connor McGovern, a slow play. In other words, in talking to some of the players around here, Mike McCarthy has endeared himself to these players. Because, look, a lot of these players – you don't want to put the tread on the tires that limits your career because this is a violent game. It's a tough game. And Dak is now coming off, what, his fourth injury in the last couple of years? Yeah. Calf, ankle, non-throwing shoulder, which was a clean-up shoulder, something weird, you know, it happened uh, while he was sleeping. Then, of course, he had the throwing shoulder uh, situation that was more of a baseball injury. But they're listening to what the players have to say about their bodies. And with that being said, I've got Mike McCarthy now saying he wants him to get a full slate of work, which is, again, what we heard about Michael Gallup. So that took yeah. about two weeks for him to get the full slate of work. That's why I really don't think that we're going to see him on the road against the Eagles. And taking this argument a step further, guys, let's assume, 
Because we're talking about a Los Angeles Rams team who has a worse record than the Cowboys heading into this one. Never I mean, saw that coming. coming, right? Yeah. They're two and two as the Cowboys are three and one, both second in their divisions. Let's assume the Cowboys are able to go on the road, get a win, and then you put Dak in in the Eagles game, and he's not quite ready to go yet. It's a Sunday night football game. It may not injure his hand, but does it injure his mind? And I know that he's mentally resilient. He's been through a lot. But all of us have sort of a breaking point, right? And can yeah. you imagine the narratives that then flare up? And so I'm protecting Dak's not only his physical health, but his mental health. But I don't know if it's necessary to rush him back, win or lose, on the road this weekend with Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback. Aisha, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on just kind of where I'm taking that narrative right now. So I think that I'm a little torn about, you know, when to re- when he should return or not. I I was one of the people that thought that the Philly game would be maybe an ideal opponent just because there's familiarity there and whatever. But the more that we learn about, like, this timetable, and yesterday I talked about it, Mike McCarthy don't play about this, y'all. Like, if you have not learned anything about Mike McCarthy and this coaching staff at this point in time is that they take injuries very seriously. And sometimes we're going to see guys even later than what you expected to see them. So I, I do think that the Philly game could be very important to, you know, future endeavors when you start talking about tiebreakers playoffs that type of stuff yeah um I think that this game could be a tone setting game as well when you start talking about the division and what's in contingency in the NFC because obviously the Eagles are looking they are the only undefeated team but I think it's kind of the lesser of two evils at this point is like there are going to be narratives either way Right. Like if the Cowboys go out and, you know, beat the the Rams and then maybe have a great game against the Eagles, then you're looking at people still having those conversations. And then I also say to myself, like, I want Dak to be healthy. But then also this guy hasn't played a game since week one. And then you look at the fact, look how many offenses are slower getting their legs under them with the lack of preseason playing, you know, for teams now. So then you say, well, when is it? When when does he get his legs under him? Because if you're talking about okay, he if he doesn't play against the Rams or against the Eagles, then you what you have the Lions next, I think, mm-hmm. and then you have a bye. Well, you, you have the Lions have and the, then the Bears, yeah. and, then and then the then Bears, the and then you have the bye, and then you have the latter part of the season, which is when you want to start getting hot. So it's like I'm really torn with where's the best place to put him because there's it seems like. This that Eagles game could be an important part in this season either way. Yeah. So to me, just looking at it from two sides here. First of all, um, I just I like to take notes when you guys are talking, just so I don't lose my train of thought. Because y'all have great points, and I'm like, oh yeah, good point. Um, but the initial timetable, going back to when the injury first happened, wasn't it at most a nine to ten week return at that point? Eight to ten ish. It was six to, six to eight. eight. Okay. Was, which was being optimistic. Right. So even going back to the initial timeline it still wouldn't have been realistic for Dak to come back for the LA game or even the Eagles game at that point so staying on the first initial diagnosis this was pre-surgery right so at this point we didn't even know really how severe it was it was literally walking out of the stadium this is what we're reading right so you look at that and and then you look at the rest of the schedule and that's what I've been just sitting here scoping out is okay so you have the Rams obviously Cooper Rush going to continue to stay in the quarterback position for that one. Then you have the Eagles, which, yes, they're the only undefeated team in uh, the NFL currently. But here's the thing with the Eagles. 
it comes down to a matter of numbers. And, and I highly believe that the NFC East is going to come down to these games, whether they won or they lost early in the season. So uh, to me, you don't take Cooper Rush out because if he's going to go out, he's going to beat the Rams. He's going to be on a roll. You're talking what? How many games at this point that Cooper Rush has? Fourth win. Fourth fourth win in a row. Keep him hot for that Eagles game because no, I be think. fifth. Yeah, keep, keep him hot because at that point, what, yeah. you want him to go into the Eagles game, especially if they win this week. You need to be the ones that break that barrier for the Eagles mm-hmm. and do not keep them at 5-0 and and make them 6-0 and with a loss there. And, and a divisional loss for that matter. So, um, you know, just looking ahead to the schedule, there's that. It, it, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that putting Dak in is going to disrupt the chemistry. We know he is the chemistry. We know he's quarterback one. Yeah. But then you have the Lions, who are currently one and three. Do you need to rush Dak back for that game? No, not necessarily. You have the Bears, who are currently two and two. Again, not something that I really think you need to rush Dak back in. The only side of that that could be good is those seem like games that if Dak's going to get gelled back into the offense slowly, those could be the games that you incorporate him a little bit more so he's not so pressured to do it after the bye week, which is in Green Bay against Green Bay, which uh, we all all won't get that far ahead yet. But (laughs) I'm just saying that's right around the corner. And so to me – uh, if I had the choice, just looking at everything, I personally, I probably wouldn't put Dak back in until the Bears game right before the bye. And at that point, it it really depends on how he's looking at practice, mentally, how are you feeling, are you ready to do it? And then you have your bye week, continue to rest and uh, see how he feels then. So yeah. to me, I would say the Bears game is what I would do. But again, I have no weight in this decision in this building. Uh, Eagles defense ain't nothing to sniff at either, man. So... Putting them out there against that D line, um, I don't know, man. I th- and I, I think that a home game tracking suits him a lot better. But I, you know, let's assume like we're playing this one out. Let's assume they wait till after the bye week. Fond memories of playing in Green Bay. Remember that was a signature game where his rookie season mm-hmm. on the road yeah. was it Romo or Dak, and he played lights out. He played so well on the road yeah, that I that remember. ended up. So there's good vibes that come from Lambeau. I don't think they're going to hold him out that long. I don't think Dak will let them no. uh, hold him out that long. <laughs> but just seeing him off to the side of the rehab group, the fact that th- you're telling me if he can't grip the ball well enough to play this week, and Jerry was definitive about that. And then you hear Mike talk about it. I don't know if it's gamesmanship. I truly believe. And look, they could easily be in front of the media. Oh, he's with the rehab group. Then they're going to surprise us. And things leak around here. They yeah. do. And it just doesn't feel like if he can't do it on this Wednesday, you're telling me that in 13 days that's going to completely change. I I just I find that a little hard to believe. That's just me. Um, All right. But interesting note here. The Cowboys have started three and one in consecutive seasons where they have finished 12 and five. They finished 12 and five in 2021 with a win in week five. They would start four and one for the fourth time in the last 10 seasons. They've won the NFC East the last three times they started four and one. So let's go Cooper Rush. I did think that this was interesting because even Zach Martin and I, we're trying to figure out Cooper Rush's trajectory as it relates to Dallas. He was waived or released four different times before his most recent signing to the Cowboys practice squad. Uh, And now when we just, when we talk about what he's making compared to (laughs) y'all, it's it's actually, it's actually kind of ridiculous. I'm sure it's better than my paycheck. So for uh, me, I'm like, that's cool, but no. Yeah, but when for talk, what he's doing and when we're talking football, totally different. When we talk about what he's getting paid, 
whoever picks him up next year, because what I think he's done is he's solidified himself as a guy that Definitely. could now be a starter. Definitely. I think a lot of it had to do with his familiarity with his offense, which is why he's played as well as he has. We've seen this before. Teddy Bridgewater, right? He played mm. great for the Saints. And then it's uh, it's kind of been hit or miss ever since then. Yeah. So I'd be interested. To sort, I'm, I'm getting real ahead of myself here. But we'll <laughs> see what, what life looks like for Cooper Rush. But when you just look at what Cooper Rush is making in comparison, uh, it doesn't even scratch the surface of I $40 mean, Dak made $25 for his first four years. <laughs> yeah. And he was one of the top court. I mean, just being honest, like, it it happens out here. He make it. I mean, compared to the top quarterbacks right now, Dak is making considerably less. And you know what's going to be so interesting is, depending on what happens the next couple of weeks, we've already seen the quarterback controversy narrative happening. So if Cooper Rush continues to win, that's what I'm saying. That's going to be so amplified, and that helps him later on, you know, when, <laughs> when that time comes for him just a little bit more leverage for more money and uh, potentially a starting job somewhere. I wish his we could base, just keep him his base salary this year guys I knew I had it 1.35 million dollars can't we just keep him here and have a, just a, an insane. adequate yeah. you know, backup well like, like listen a good team he's does. the one I think he's he the one who, want to, he's the knows? one who said it best remember y'all he said he doesn't dream as big as Jerry does and and honestly I think that's what's making this locker room go the way that it has this year yeah and that's why they have it brought in, uh, you know, guys off the street. Again, Zach Martin said something interesting last night. He said, you can sense BS in a huddle. I'm weak. And I just wanted to cur- – I was hmm. just curious who he was referring to, right? I like it. We talking backups. We talking starters. He's been here since 2014, so do your due diligence. But he said, you can sense the BS, but he knows his role. Hmm. And I thought that that was so hmm. telling. When people want to know why this thing is working the way this is, why this choo-choo is going down the tracks – it's because he knows his role and everyone else knows his role. All right, it's Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We come back, we've got some guys that are coming back to the roster, so some injury updates. And what did Michael Gallup do with that game ball after his first touchdown back from the ACL tear? I'll have that and more coming back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com United for details to join today. I can say it every day, but $20 is a steal, guys. That sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> woo, woo, as we said, choo-choo. Move that train ahead. That's our title for today. Choo-choo. <laughs> All right, we'll choo-choo ahead uh, as it relates to a couple of players coming back. Uh, J. Ron Curse, the big one, your safety, which is huge. I mean, look, Donovan Wilson isn't playing lights out, but I know that you've been very excited. Part of that three-headed uh, monster. Aisha, is, I'm, t- I'm looking at you. She's been tracking. Uh, <laughs> he was a full participant in practice, as was Malik Hooker. Coming back from the thumb injury, full participant. So they could have their full slate of safeties, which is going to be huge when you consider, I mean, when you're, I was looking at the you know the box score as it related to the Rams 49ers game on Monday. Cooper Cup is their offense, and I'll get mm-hmm. into how much of the offense he is yeah. coming up and why I think they should actually run the ball if they want some success th- this week. Mm. Uh, but that is huge for your Cowboys. And also you got Connor McGovern, your guard back. Uh, he was a full participant. You had Quentin Bohana, who was limited. Uh, and good news uh, for the wide receiver group, Noah Brown, who was dealing with a little bit of a neck situation. He was a full participant. Jake good. Ferguson, though, one of the rookie oh, tight ends, no. DNP, not practicing. What was the reason? What's the reason? What's the reason, Jane? What What's is the, the reason? reason? Jane, tell us. Uh, got a knee situation. Tater, mm. barnacles, Sorry, he's okay. too important in the blocking. Sorry. But it's Wednesday. Right. We'll but see. Yeah, yeah, Jaron yeah. Curse coming back is very, I think is, it's going to be a big deal for this defense. I, granted, I, I think that Donovan Wilson has played out of his mind, um, but... I think that the Cowboys, as it relates to linebacker, are going to get some help with Jaywan Curse, um, you know, coming in there playing big nickel, some of the dime. I think that's going to be so important for what the Cowboys are trying to do in run defense because you've seen that that's a part of the uh, defense that t- uh, teams are attacking attacking them on and I think that getting J. Ron Curse on the field he had a lot of tackles uh, for a loss last season for a reason this guy's re- this guy reads the field very well so I'm excited to get him back also that's the green dot so you know let's go part yeah. of that three-headed monster I don't know if you saw that tweet Jane yesterday that uh, J. Ron put out it was just it's so oh, it was like amazing. It was like the but my favorite thing. thing was that there was somebody that tweeted back and like photoshopped his head on it <laughs> and it was just I love Cowboys fans on Twitter sometimes <laughs> they sometimes. are good times especially <laughs> I want to play a fun little game with you guys. All right. Because each week as we look at opposing offenses and defenses, we look at how they match up in terms of total, their scoring, their rushing, their passing, their third down. I'm going to read you a list. You tell me which team it is, Rams or the Cowboys. All right. All right. Offensively. looks so ready. I just have to point out her (laughs) intensive stare right now. Offensively, 28th in the league. That's the Cowboys. mm, The Rams. That would be the Rams. Well, oh, 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 we got moved up. Oh, we got moved up. Scoring offense, 29th. The the Cowboys. Rams. Oh, my Barnacles. gosh. Rushing offense. The Rams. 30th. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I already know that. They don't even want to run the ball. They like I'm just guessing at this point. The Rams. Uh, 
tied for the most tied for 29th most sacks in the league uh on offense so they're getting oh. they're getting sacked oh, the Rams. Oh, the Rams. they gave up how many last seven sacks 11 hits tied for 28th in the league in terms of turnovers offensively the rams they quarterback be giving the ball away all right so the I reason why i bring this, this up right when we headed into this game looking at cowboys versus rams you know we're talking defending super bowl champs this game's on the road the Rams are what made Jerry so mad in the postseason a couple of years ago because Sean McVay schemed up on Jason Garrett, and and Jerry ultimately made a decision the year after because he felt that they were outcoached. That's what this Rams offense looks like yeah. these days. Now, the Cowboys aren't much better, okay? <laughs> 26th in scoring offense, tied for, 27, or tied for 27th in scoring offense, 19th in rushing, 23rd in passing, so... They're not much better, but we're talking Sean McVay and the Rams sort of bottom of the barrel. And so that's why I think, honestly, they haven't been running the ball, to your point. Mm -hmm. But the Cowboys have been giving up some chunk plays as, mm -hmm. it, as it relates. Their rushing D is 27th in the league. Mm -hmm. So if they want to get things going, I think that the Rams really need to try and attack those edges for the Cowboys. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Aisha. If they want the upper hand this week because this Cowboys defense is playing lights out. Mm -hmm. We talk so much about the Rams, their offense. We talk so much about, uh, you know, this Rams defense, particularly Aaron Donald. But this Cowboys D is no joke. And I think they're going to be the real equalizer in this game. Yeah. I mean, when you look at their offense, like you were saying, like a lot of it goes through Cooper Cup right now. But then also it's it really stems from their offensive line problems. I mean, they got they're on their second uh, right tackle, third center. We don't know who's going to go at their left guard, but that, that person is pretty deep, you know, down the depth chart. They have some offensive line problems, so it's problems. So you, then you start saying to yourself, like, okay, that's favorable there, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to the second level, and, yeah, they um, – what is his name? Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup are the guys right now. Cooper Cup had 19 targets, 14 receptions last game, 122 yards. But this game on a short week – with the amount of tackles that he was taking. I mean, the 49ers really came out there and muddied up that game. They did not make anything easy for the Rams. And you look at them coming off of this short week, it's, it's definitely concerning. I was listening to um, A to Z Sports earlier, um, and there was a gentleman on there, um, and he talked about Cooper Cup's um, his his targets to receptions. This is the lowest of his career right now. His yards per, per reception are 9.6, and his yards per target are 7.4 right now, the mm -hmm. lowest of his career. Shout out to one. Shout out to one. Um, <laughs> and I think that is really just shows you how much this offense is struggling. Also, too, he's only had eight red zone um targets and that's huge as well because yeah. he's a red zone monster and that just lets you know you look at um, when you look at uh, Matthew Stafford he doesn't trust his protection but he also is looking at nothing out there yeah and so when he's looking at guys to throw the ball to there's nothing there the decision making is crazy I don't know if his elbow is bothering him whatever the case may be I think that the Dallas defense is going to have quite a few opportunities to get after the quarterback, but also they, they're really struggling to run the ball, and that's why it's not helping yeah. what he's trying to do. I mean, they, I mean, that's what I'm trying to see this game. Is Sean McVay going to adjust with the whole world watching with all of the scrutiny, especially coming off how dominant the 49ers <laughs> will? Is he going to adjust? But, okay, is, if he adjusts, 
how what does that adjustment look like? Well, because you can't do a whole bunch to change your offensive line. Yeah. They don't have a whole bunch of receivers just coming in like, oh, let me save the day. They don't have a Michael Gallup coming in in week four. They are what they are right now. So this is going to be the chess match between Sean McVay and Dan Quinn. Like, how yeah. is he going to come in here and try to change things up for this offense to get going? I don't know if it's even possible with how the Cowboys jump on offensive linemen. I mean, we're seeing quarterbacks have record low time in passing in the pocket. This is not normal, right? So when you got a guy like Matthew Stafford, who already is, looks like he's seeing ghosts and going through his reads <laughs> or not going through them at all. It's almost Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Then As you look at this 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 defense that's trying to you know get turnovers yeah. and stuff like that I think it's gonna be it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to see what what they're gonna do offensively in this game because I think the Cowboys can replicate a lot of the things that the 49ers and did defensively something too uh you know I always go tails of the other side I'm always scouting out okay, the other side so okay. you guys don't have to um and Sean McVay he's a coach that I really respect just you know uh fun fact my high school dance coach's husband is one of the coaches on the Rams staff oh. high school dance coach I'm like we're connecting she, our dots. yeah yeah so she married uh she married Zach Witherspoon who's uh, I believe an athletic trainer of some sort uh and Anyways, uh, just fun fact. So <laughs> I, I might send her a message and be like, hey, Nicole. But My anyways, uh, so, you know, watching Sean McVay um, and him talk in his press conference, um, it's just it seems like they're they don't have an identity right now. They're mm. failing to establish who they are post Super Bowl win. And I think that is so important for the Cowboys to come in and capitalize. Something he mentioned as being a very big issue for them is that the Rams are having trouble in the red zone and they're settling for field goals. So I think the Cowboys defense can go in and capitalize on the struggle within the red zone and make them continue to settle for those field goals. It's going to frustrate them because Sean McVay, he is frustrated. You could just see it in his face. And, you know, given they came off of the loss, but, um, it, you know, Sean McVay is the kind of coach that you you watch and, and you have an automatic respect for because of how he carries himself. You can tell he's a little defeated this week. So it, it, that can be one of two things. One, the Cowboys can play off of it and continue to drag them down a little more. <laughs> or Sean McVay is going to come back with a vengeance to prove, hey, we are who we are. Something else that was in question for him during that press conference was the play calling. Is the play calling an issue? Is this a scheme issue? Who is the identity or what is the identity of your offense here? Because it seems like they don't really know either. So um, they talked about that. They talked about the last the lack of pass pro and that San Fran really had the edges on them. So all really good things to keep an eye out and all really sound like advantages for the Cowboys defense going into it. Yeah, everybody was worried about the Cowboys off, uh, offensively coming into the season, looking at, oh, you know, they, they, they're out of the um, – they lost Tyrant. Well, Tyrant got hurt and all this stuff and then lost Leo Collins. And then we look at the receiver core. Yo, you should have been paying attention to what was going on with the Rams because they definitely losing Odell Beckham and um, Andrew Whitworth. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. But they also yeah. have another receiver that they lost as well. It's, I just it just lost me. But losing their receiver, I mean, they lost key guys in that receiver core, and it's showing. And they're going through that time where they're they're almost no dimensional sometimes in games. And that sounds crazy. But, yeah, like, they're not getting much from the run game. They're trying to run the ball at times, and they can't get anything there because the offensive line can't hold up and the offensive line can't hold up in pass pro either. So they're probably going to do a lot of quick game stuff, screens, stuff that can 
possibly get the Cowboys defense off edge because we've seen some of some of the linebackers and stuff have trouble getting their eyes lost in the backfield and not shooting gaps correctly and stuff like that. So there a lot of the stuff they're going to be doing is decoration. He he really <laughs> just mentioned too that there was just a disconnect from the run game and the pass game overall. And so there's there's just no established identity within that offense right now and I think if the Cowboys and Dan Quinn have a hand in this they're going to play it very smart and the defense is is going to uh they're going to test that offense pretty pretty quickly well, yes. early on. And to be fair, I think the Dallas struggled with that too, right? Until you yeah. get that offensive line working, and we're seeing that around the league. Remember we talked so much about how hard it was to find offensive yeah. linemen off the streets because there were so many offensive lines that are dealing with injuries this year. Uh, credit to Will McClay mm. and the staff for what they've done with mm. these guys. I mean, again, I had this really interesting conversation about Zach Martin with Zach Martin last night for a Thuzio event that I did. All of a sudden, we're not talking about the offensive line. It's crazy, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, defensively, when we're talking about what what Dallas is looking to do, I you know I just always love when Micah Parsons talks. I mm -hmm. feel like he's so above his years. But <laughs> when he said this week that they went from giving up 19 the first week to 17 to 16 to 10, so next week what is it seven? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I laughed at him when he said that he thought that there was an opportunity in week two based on last year, and then look what they did. They yeah. went out and they, they won mean, the Eagles. So I, I honestly feel like he's a little prophetic at times. So uh, I mean, they put up nine. We'll, we'll just see what he does there. Jeez. All right, so I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, we were able to catch up with Zeke. Mm -hmm. It's Zeke Day here at the Star in Frisco on Wednesdays. You know, we were just talking about the Cowboys defense is actually something, you know, it's so reminiscent of 1973 and the doomsday defense, some of the stuff that they're doing. And the fact that so many guys are getting involved. Uh, normally, we'd be talking about this Rams defense. So let's talk a little bit about the Rams defense. Their rushing D is, is stout. They're seventh in the league. Passing D, 20th. So Cowboys... Zeke said this week that they weren't able to run the ball as effectively as they have in the past. He was asked about going up against uh, Aaron Donald. His soundbite was pretty funny. Uh, let's play that one, Jazz. Uh, the whole game plan is centered around 99. Uh, run and pass. Uh, you always got to know where he is. And at running back, definitely got to always know where he is, especially in that pass game. And, I mean, a lot of, a lot of times this week you'll be seeing me Checking to see, make sure he's good before I get on get out on that route, like <laughs> like two years ago. <laughs> Any memorable engagements with him over the years? Good, bad, and different. Just something that you. Uh, probably two years ago during the COVID year when he picked me up off the ground and threw me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Just even the image of it. But you know, listen. As much as we're talking about Aaron Donald. Micah Parsons, let's talk about their numbers in comparison to this year. Micah Parsons has four sacks, nine QB hits, 15 QB pressures in 2022. Now, that helps when you're moving him all over, uh, you know, the defensive backfield. Aaron Donald, two sacks, four QB hits, 14 quarterback pressures in 2022. So, when you look at the stats, Micah Parsons in his second year is right up there with the defensive player of the year who's Won it three times, mm -hmm. tied for yeah. most in NFL history. So I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. The other matchup that I'm looking forward to is Michael Gallup and Jalen Ramsey. Yes. Oof. Now, here's why I'm going to love this, this matchup. Jalen Ramsey loves to jaw. Michael Gallup never says anything. And I asked him about this, and so I'm sure you guys can appreciate this. He goes, I just smile at him. Oh. I feel like that's what Aisha would do like yeah. in a street yep. fight. Like The yep. fact that you were actually a yep. military veteran – 
it's fascinating to me because you don't really have that that trigger in you. Oh. I haven't seen it yet. Ooh, you you, you haven't seen it, Jane. Exactly. It's there. She's like a little chihuahua it's, over here. It's there. Trust me. It's but, there. But Michael Gallup's like, <laughs> I just smile at him. And I said, does that make people mad? Like, I used to love when Philip Rivers or Andrew Luck would be like, great tackle. Loved that. Great job. Great to see you. I, I just, Michael Gallup just doesn't say anything to Jane Lewis. He just smiles at him. I feel like yeah. that bothers people more than John That's back. what I said to Like, it, mentally, it, you think about it. If you're upset and somebody's like, are you okay? That's, it's just so annoying. It's it's more aggravating. So I love that. Man, that that's actually, I'm glad that you said Michael Gallup against Jalen Ramsey because a lot of people are looking at CD to maybe match up against Jalen Ramsey. And So I, the reason why he said that, Aisha, mm-hmm. and I thought the same thing he said is because they both say, play outside the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he thought he'd be traveling with Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. a lot of the day. Well, I mean, I still think that there's going to be opportunity for him to be lined up against him. Um, you know, they I don't I don't see them just keeping Jalen on CD. It looks like they don't do that a whole bunch with Jalen Ramsey anymore. He kind of moves around like so we'll see how things are. But also too, remember last year, that was a big play. The um, no P.I. or whatever, mm-hmm. or the uh, offensive P.I. with mm-hmm. Michael Gallup with yeah. the push off. I mean, that, that game could have went totally different. So maybe there's still some bad blood there. We'll see. Well, and. You know, the other thing that came up, because uh, I always like to give you guys some of the, the insights from the locker room, because not all of it makes it to NFL Network or yeah. at your TV screens when you're watching at night. Um, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, it's not just what C.D. Lamb does, obviously, in catching the ball, but also a little bit in, in, in protection. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezekiel Elliott had that big 31-yard uh, catch and run, and he delivered that downfield block. Great question from Michael Gallon. He said, we've got a joke around here about C.D. We call him 250. And we said, why 250? He said, because he might be 210, 205 pounds, but he plays like he's 250. So now every time I see DeLamb, I'm just going to think of uh, 250. But another fun (laughs) note as it relates to the wide receiver room, I said, what did you do with the game ball? Because obviously that was a big deal. Mm. You know, did you you grab that for your personal collection? He's like, oh, yeah. That's at home because he even talked about how hard it was to come back, how much that helped his confidence. And it was CeeDee Lamb the whole week who – was so excited, he said, to get him back, not only because he was going to help him on the field, because, you know, he's been getting all of that double-triple coverage mm-hmm. this year, yeah. um, but he said it was going to be a monster game for Michael Gallup, and I think it was. And if that's what Michael Gallup looked like his first game back, the big yeah. 15-yard catch, and then, yeah. of course, he had the um, the huge touchdown, what can we expect from him this week? Because so, we were talking about weapons. Yep. Weapons to weapons. The Cowboys right now between Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. Noah Brown, uh, Dalton Schultz, Celia, you can't go down the list, and I'm leaving guys out. And Noah Brown is, I mean, a lot of people yeah. would consider Noah Brown a weapon now. He, he does oh, he yeah. does too you much. You have to give him attention. He makes too many plays for people yep. to not account for him. But I also want to talk about Dalton Schultz. Like, I know he's not getting a lot, of, a lot of burn because he didn't have a whole bunch of receptions, but if you look at him, he is blocking more willingly. He is getting his nose in there. Also, too, he's a decoy on a lot of these plays. Somebody saw the rookies stepping up. Some of the... I don't care as long as he do it. Especially, <laughs> I don't care as long as you do it, man. Especially with Jake Ferguson, whatever he has right. dealing with, like yeah. uh, twelve personnel is important to this team and what they do. So you want another tight end to get in there and block. And I will say that Dalton Schultz looks like he he definitely is wanting to block more for whatever reason. And also, and yeah. also, but also too, he his his presence 
shows to matter on on the tape. Um, he's bringing an extra defender with him in some instances, and that's getting other guys open. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, a little bit of Don Schultz and what he's doing, too. Yeah. He's there. What I'm going to be interested to see is um, how many more reps Michael Gallup will get this week because I think we're going to see a lot more of his presence, obviously, than we did last week mm-hmm. with him slowly coming back in and integrating back in for, you know, both the physical and the mental aspect of things. So I'm interested to see more of a Michael Gallup show than we did last week into this game because I think they're really going to need him, uh, especially on the edges. I think Michael Gallup is going to be key to this game. So who is going to, with the McGovern situation, right? Great question. I mean, you're going up against the Aaron Donald, right? So... McGovern struggled at times last week. To be expected, the gentleman's coming off the high in, high ankle sprain. Is Jason Peters going to get more burn this week? With, Actually, with with Aaron Donald coming in here, also too. Are you? Do they start to ramp up Jason Peters a little bit more than they already have ramped him up? Because you, you got Philly coming the up. Then yeah. <laughs> well, well, we, we already knew. We already knew. Same <laughs> yeah. I also just, I mean, with your offensive line, they are using Matt Farniak with the Hulk package and stuff. Sometimes I think it's counterproductive, but we just not going to go there. But I do think that. This offensive line looks better when Jason Peters is out there. So oh, yeah. you want to get this guy out there and hopefully see him get more reps this game because you're yeah. probably going to need him. You know, it's funny. <laughs> so um, I was on my way over here, and uh, I have little alerts on my phone when players post anything, just in case. I don't ever want to miss a thing. He posted on Instagram, and I tweeted this out because I just thought it was hilarious. But it was a little video of him and Cooper Rush, and their heads are Photoshopped over these guys dancing to This Is How We Do It. And <laughs> His caption, I'm trying to scroll down to see what he had said, um, but basically he was like, we got this, Coop. This is on us, Coop, um, in in his caption. He said, let's work, Coop. So to me, that's a, that's a little ominous, right? You can kind of assume that uh, maybe we're going to see a little bit more of him this week based on that post. It was a great post. I'm like, Jason Peters is feeling the vibe within, oh, within yeah. the Cowboys and locker room. And if you hear him on the sideline, like, he's, he's the guy. He's amping them up. Before they go out there and score, he's like, hey, um, all four seconds, let's, let's you yep. know, play through your reps, and he's being really encouraging to the guys. And his he, he sets the tone, I think, for the offensive line. Yeah. So we'll see because I, I want to see him on the field. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to see him during that Eagles game. That's going to be, that's that's gonna gonna be, be a wild. fun one for I him. I mean, and he's played against these guys in practice, so oh, that's going to help out too. Yep. All right, guys, well, we're going to take our final break, but when we come back, who do we think is going to have a standout game? I know it's a little early in the week. Very. Uh <laughs> Mine's a defensive player. All right. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. When we come back, we'll break that down. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first... Fall officially kicks off at the start with our first ever Fall Fest on Saturday, October 8th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Come out to the Tostitos Championship Plaza for a full day of family fun from a beer garden to a petting zoo with face painting, live music to fall-inspired food and more. The event is free and open to the public, so for more information, you can visit thestarinfrisco.com. Sounds fun. I love pumpkin season. I love pumpkin season. Are you guys a pumpkin spice latte? 100%. You are. 100%. I haven't done it. I'm so. going gonna, gonna to have to to taste one before I come in here on Friday. Do a I'm nervous chai. to say anything because I feel like as a black person, when I say I like pumpkin spice, I get treated like a leper. <laughs> they treat me bad. A little, little too basic. They Aisha. treat me bad. It'd be like I'm, pumpkin I'm spice. Like I like I like green Jazzy. bean casserole. Jasmine's winging. Jazzy said she's that. gonna treat you like that. See, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> don't treat me bad. I like pumpkin spice. Sh- this is like what, you're allowed I, to I like love, good things. I love in you life. in the burnt orange look. Oh though. my god. And no, it's very fall over here. Orange. Uh, orange. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, who do you think is gonna be the spookiest player against the Rams? We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll that'll be my segue there. I know I kind of threw that. you guys off guard on this, but mine is a defensive player. I think it's going to be Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Because I think these interceptions, he's the type of guy that it's like once he gets going, not mm-hmm. dissimilar from Ezekiel Elliott, it's we start seeing him get into rhythm. I'm not talking like it's in game for Ezekiel Elliott. You start giving enough touches, he starts get, getting going. For Trayvon Diggs, I've noticed, and you know, we sort of talk about last year. Once he gets one, then it's a second one. You know what they say? My mom always said, what happens once happens three times. Mm. He's now got back-to-back consecutive picks. I think this is going to be another week on the road. He gets another one. I'm scared. I, I'm scared. No, nah, because, be because I really want to pick, like, Osa or Neville because the middle of their offensive line is insane. But then you look at right tackle, you like, Tank mm. is probably like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Okay, I say Osa or Digizua. Also, Zua has been quiet, like, he, he well, to other people, because he do a lot of stuff. But quietly, he's having a fantastic season. Yeah. And I hope that maybe this is the game where he breaks out because they have a lot of interior issues. So, Osa. You truly are the people's champ. I love that when you watch the film, like, <laughs> yeah. some of these guys don't get the shout-outs, and you're like, I want to talk about him. Yeah. Other people, I mean, other people do it, but I just, I like, I really, um, especially this is my first time really looking at the draft and watching guys, like, 
last year, the draft time, that was one of my first times seeing these mm -hmm. guys get drafted, yeah. watch their development, and really see them progress. So I guess I know we're not supposed to get attached to certain players, but oh, you will when you but I do, but yeah. I do, and Osa's one of those guys, and I and it's so dope because he's it's your something pet that's, cat. Well, he's oh. one of them. <laughs> he's one of them. Not the pet cat. That's something that you see with this team is that guys have come here, and you didn't expect for them to do some of the things they're doing because when Oso Digizua was drafted, I knew he could take on double teams and really mess some stuff up in there. But I didn't know he could do like uh, uh, and be pass rushy, right? So you got DTs that it's have like pass swim moves, right? Those no swim moves. Uh, 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 you uh, got uh, pass uh, rush uh, ability. What is going on on this side oh, of the this, table? Well, you, listen, you must not ever date nobody to play basketball because they always catching you <laughs> nah, slipping. Girl. Nah, always girl. catching you slipping. But yeah, so I also Diggy Zua, I think is having a really good season just quietly, and I really hope that maybe this is the game that he breaks out so people can hear his name. And that is a perfect segue to my choice, which is Michael Gallup, because. I think we just got a little taste of what Michael Gallup is going to bring. Maybe we don't see it this game, but we're going to see more of it. I, I really think uh, what Michael Gallup has endured to get back to this point is absolutely incredible. And, you know, we've gave kudos to all of the uh, all of really the staff that, that gave a hand in helping him get back on his feet. But I want to give credit to him mm -hmm. and, and where he had to fight to be mentally to come back. I, I just have so much respect for him. He's such a good guy, Jane. You're so right. I was listening to his, to his one of his, his biggest locker room fans. stuff. It, he's he's just guy. incredible the way movie. he talks. So I want to see him have a great game to really reestablish the fear for everybody else that needs to face him this season to say, all right, you got a taste of me last week. You have no idea what's coming back. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go Michael Gallup. Just I'm always in his corner. I think I think he's a great guy, a great player. And I really am so excited to see now that he's uh, he has his mentals back a little bit more after seeing, mm -hmm. you know, one game. He's hungry and he's going to say, I want more of that. So I, I I'm that. going Michael Gallup this week. Well, especially after seeing Deron Bland get his first interception in the that last game beautiful. on Friday. I'm going to go ahead and prepare you guys for homework. I want to ask you who is going to surprise us Ooh, the most. Right. OK, in this okay game that's on a good Sunday. one. So you'll I love start that. Thinking about it. And fans, if you've got some surprising players. Find me a surprising player on the roster and tweet at us. Yeah, tweet yep. me. Uh, before we go, let me have one past interference. All right. So the first two times these uh, two teams met, the Cowboys were just seven weeks into their inaugural season and still looking for their first win. The L.A. Rams came into town November 6th, 1960, and uh, – handed Dallas a loss in front of 16,000 fans. That loss was 38 to 13, but I don't think uh, the Cowboys are going to have to worry about that score looking like that again. So a little bit of a depressing past interference. Yeah, it hurt but, me a little but bit. But you got to go back in time to appreciate it. Yeah, I So mean, that way, like, if the Cowboys win, you can appreciate it even more and be like, look where we came from. Teacher. Yeah. Look Aisha. where we but look where we ended up. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. Be, be an optimistic. Glass half full here. Well, for myself, Jess and Aisha, this has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I will see you back on Friday. On Thursday, I believe we've got Kelsey Charles here in the host seat. But yep. we will see you then. Thank you so much for being so loyal to us and tuning in. We really do appreciate it. And we just hope the show gets better and better as the weeks and months go on. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!